Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Max Roach. Max is a children's book author and the founder of John Apes Learning Club, a personalized learning organization that teaches children's concepts such as long division as early as the age of three. He holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Toronto and is certified as a professional in human resources. As a former musician sharing strategies with Beyonce and the Rolling Stones, leading a childcare organization as CEO, and working as a consultant for e-commerce tech companies globally, Max values the need to fill the industry gaps by way of disruption and modern solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Max. Thank you so much, Dana. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much for your interest in being on the podcast. And uh, we'll talk about uh, the things that you've done throughout your career and what you're currently uh, working with. But let's start off with, uh, tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. Oh, 100%. Uh, and again, thank you uh, for having me sort of on this podcast. I think this is great. I've I've had the sort of honor to be on a few podcasts this year. And, and you know, this one has been one I've been looking forward to for quite a while. So I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, out of the trenches, this is really interesting. So I think my my life has sort of been something that has moved in a direction where I think the trenches are very important. And sometimes, in fact, I would almost... Yeah, I'd say sometimes we we decide our trenches. Sometimes, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we are placed in situations where uh, we're it, they're meant to make us stronger. Sometimes it's really unfortunate in the situations that we're put in. I think myself personally, sometimes I seek out these these trenches mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel as though I need a little bit of uncomfort or discomfort uh, within my lifestyle mm-hmm. to really see what comes out the other end. So uh, I have many stories on this. Uh, I can think of one specifically with when it came to my career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just as a, a little bit of a overarching story, you know, I, I went to, to school in uh, one in Edmonton, Alberta in Canada, mm-hmm. and then again in Toronto when I finished my Bachelor of Arts at Toronto. Now, this was a specialty in music. And what was interesting here is that I did end up traveling as a musician uh, for quite a few years. And it was a fantastic experience, right? Meeting all kinds of people, many different types, you know, celebrities of some sorts, and just really enjoying being in front of many people, knowing that I was contributing to entertainment parts of their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, these are fun times, right? However, you <laughs> you have these things, these beings called children, right? Mm-hmm. And they come along and they sort of change the way that you think. And I think what was fantastic for me in that sense was that it really changed how how I wanted to live life and what I felt was important. And this was one of the trenches that I guess I sort of threw myself into was actually picking up the phone and calling all of my employers, everyone who, uh, any artist that I was playing with, mm-hmm. any of the, let's say I was playing with different bands and whatnot, different, maybe they were wedding bands, maybe they were different corporate music bands, whatever mm-hmm. they may be, and saying, I know that you're, I didn't tell them that they're my main source of income, but of course, I know that you're my main source of income, but I am going to change my trajectory and I need to focus on my children. And mm-hmm. from that point, I believe that was 20, 2015 or 2016 around that time. Mm-hmm. And basically I'd cut off all of my income because I needed to be at home. I needed to mm-hmm. be with my children 
And this was actually a pretty tough time for myself. Uh, I was, you know, picking up any job that I could, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was driving Uber. I was, mm-hmm. I took transcription jobs. You know, I was, I'm, I'm a pretty fast typer, which it's one of the skills that I actually pride myself on. I don't really have many, yeah. but that's definitely one of them. Uh, and but I ended up, you know, I was typing, you know, for, you know, writing out, you know, insurance documents and all these mm-hmm, things, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where my elbow was just giving me all kinds of problems, <laughs> but picking up anything I could. And mm-hmm. during that time, I was really focusing on, okay, how can I contribute to the world in the way that I really love to and still be with my children? Mm-hmm. So I decided, right out of music, why don't I just make some bread? <laughs> so mm-hmm. like actual bread. So I actually created a bread product that I got into quite a few local uh, grocery stores in the greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. And so I was starting to grow that business, which of course turned into, well, now I'm not spending time with my children anymore again, mm-hmm. because as you're growing a business, you know, you sort of need to, uh, to figure that out. But those time periods of making the change that you know is important for yourself and that you know that you have to make for others that are close to you, be it your children or your family or whatever it might be, it puts you into a place where you you really need to, to fight to get out of these trenches, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's important that people do take the situations that they're in and realize that it is a trench and that trenches can be dug out of, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes you stronger to be able to come out of that. So that was one example, I guess, of you know, just completely stripping myself of my career and going into something completely different for the better, the betterment of my family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you realized that uh, the bread business was taking too much time from your family. So where did you go from there after you, uh, did you end up selling the bread business to somebody else then? And did you go directly to what you're doing now? Or what was, what, was there something in between? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. So I guess to give a little more context to this, there's always context uh-huh. to stories, yeah. <laughs> right? So some context to that. Uh, before I went into music, I mean, I've been playing mm-hmm. music for a mm-hmm. while, right? Yeah. Since I was a child, you know, my my dad was into music. Uh, I was playing music in church. I was, you know, playing band in bands and things like that in high school. And however, I was always doing things like building websites and mm-hmm. doing graphic mm-hmm. design, you know, throughout high school. I really enjoyed it. So I ended up getting into computer science uh, in university. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was my very first year of, of university was going to computer science. And so what I realized is that, you know what? I didn't really want to spend my time looking at a blank screen mm-hmm. for the rest mm-hmm. of my life, <laughs> writing code, right? Yeah. And filling it up with, you know, jargon or syntax or whatever you may want to call it. So I felt as though throughout that first year of being in computer science, I really needed to find something else. And so I think it was mm-hmm. my mom that found a univer- uh, a, a college for me across Canada and said, you need to go do something, go play music. So mm-hmm. I got into that <laughs> school and did music. Uh, and so that computer science training, it actually led me into a position that I landed after the bread business. So okay. what the bread business gave me was the understanding of how business works. Right. Mm-hmm. I was able to start acquiring customers, what that looked like, right? What it looked like to start getting funding, what it looked like to hire people on board and work with under individuals and issue tasks and do all these mm-hmm. things. Right. So going into post bread business, I got into this company uh, that was actually still alive today and is a multi-million dollar software uh, organization. Mm-hmm. So I was the director mm-hmm. of operations at that organization. And that was a big leap because I hadn't done computer science for probably about 10 years okay. and I I didn't really know much about the industry. 
So mm-hmm. I needed to learn everything I could. Now, the reason that I got hired on was because I had, uh, you know, pursued computer science in the first place, but also because I had run a business. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't have gotten that job if I wouldn't have, again, found myself in the trenches mm-hmm. going into a new path in a new direction. And sometimes I could have never seen or imagined or predicted that I would be in a position running operations for a multi-million dollar organization mm-hmm. and then consulting mm-hmm. for other organizations as well. Who would have thought, right? Mm-hmm. But once you put yourself in a position that forces you to make change, change happens regardless mm-hmm. of if you mm-hmm. like it or not, right? Sure. It's just kind of better if you get to control it. So that's where I ended up going after that. Uh, and of course, that goes into further things that eventually ends up in education because through that organization, we actually started to administer scholarships to okay. universities around the world. Okay. So I we'd be visiting, you know, uh, universities such as University of Trento in in Italy and mm-hmm. uh, University of, you know, we'd go to Amsterdam, we would go to uh, Edinburgh and all these places. And we were getting into the education system. And I really, really enjoyed kind of going through that process. Because the thing with administering scholarships is really interesting because these PhDs and postdoctors and uh, mm-hmm. postdoctoral sort of researchers and whatnot, they do a lot of work and they don't actually make that much money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. let me tell you, these are the people who are creating our iPhones. They're creating our Android devices. They're creating all the research behind all the AI that's happening these days. And, you know, I guess they get to write some papers and get them published. That's fine. And then after maybe they're done everything, they may go and work for a Google or a Facebook and all these companies. But Mm -hmm. we wanted to help them along the way. Mm -hmm. And what what I found was I actually really liked this feeling, this feeling of going in and supporting education. So that Mm -hmm. was really, I think, the birth. I wouldn't say the birth. It was the continuation of the education portion of my life, which actually started with my children is what I found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you said um, around the pandemic, um, you and your wife decided to form an organization uh, because you saw that, um, was it your youngest child or your oldest was starting to learn long division already at age three? Yeah, uh, this th- these were interesting times. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. here's some more context. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I really made the decision once our children were born that we wanted to ensure education was at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to do this, of course, it takes a lot of work. Right? Yeah. You have to make sure that you have, you know, any sort of learning materials in place. Again, we weren't necessarily educators, you know, at the time, but we had, a, we understood what it was, what it took in order to approach mastery into mm-hmm. something. Again, you know, this idea of practice, I think is very important coming from the music landscape. Mm-hmm. Once you do things with repetition, you know, those who... Uh, can think of the term muscle memory, then it becomes a part of you, right? So why not apply this to anything else? So we applied it to teaching our children how to do certain things. Mm -hmm. One of these things being long division, right? So our, our, uh, our oldest daughter right now, she's nine. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time we started, she was able to read by the time she was about one and a half. I don't even think she could walk yet. She mm-hmm. did. She decided not to crawl, by the way. She skipped that. Mm-hmm. She was kind of on the floor. Then she started walking one day. Uh, so, you know, before she could walk, she was reading, right? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So we said you know, through our tactics, through, of course, there was a lot of digital tools, which people may or may not like, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the beauty, I think, of having things like YouTube these days is that we can mm-hmm. actually curate content positively, which I would love that people would definitely consider more of is 
no matter what content you're you're consuming, just make sure that it's positive content mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I think it works across the board for any age, no matter mm-hmm. what. And so with the combination of this and the combination of understanding what approaching mastery looks like and the the understanding that practice is so important and repetition, we were able to teach our children their times tables very early and mm-hmm. how to do these processes such as double digit multiplication because they're just processes. Once mm-hmm. you understand the process, then you can do the work, right? Mm-hmm. Then you mm-hmm. just implement the process. So long division is just a process. So we did it once and then we said, okay, great. And then we had another child. Mm-hmm. Then we said, well, can we do this again? Can we replicate mm-hmm. this? And we replicated it even earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually unbelievable. So now we're at a place where we're thinking, okay, we have two children where we replicated the same process. Mm-hmm. Can we do this for other children that we don't know or maybe are our mm-hmm. friends' children, right? And so we continued uh, sort of going through this process of kind of planning out the entire company at this point, right? We're mm-hmm, thinking, okay, mm-hmm, this is going to be amazing. We got our kids. They're doing these incredible things at early ages. Let's push this in our city. People are going to eat this up. No question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we went ahead. We bought a billboard in our city, right? Mm-hmm, we had our name in mm-hmm. lights. Our kids are on the billboard, all kinds of things, right? We're putting out all kinds of marketing materials on the radio. We're talking to a bunch of people that we know. We printed all these business cards, all kinds of things, right? We're excited. Mm-hmm. And this was around April of 2022. Yes. Okay. So April 2022, we had this big launch. Right. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go. We're ready to kind of bring people in. We're thinking out of pandemic, everyone's going to be excited. Right. And let me tell you, Dana, <laughs> I've never felt this before, but we launched and we had one person send an email mm-hmm. saying, is this something that could work for my child? We were so excited. We hopped on a call yeah. and it ended up just not, not panning out. So mm-hmm. effectively, we had zero interest, right? And this was kind of hard to take because we didn't mm-hmm. understand it at the time. Yeah. Now, looking back, one interesting piece is understanding what timing means. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe launching something in April when summer's <laughs> about to hit isn't the best time. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, nonetheless, you still feel kind of down and out, right? Another yeah. sort of pseudo trench moment. And again, this was a time after I had left my organization mm-hmm. that I was working with, right? As as director of operations, I was also actually running a childcare after that as CEO, which mm-hmm. I had left as well, which you can also talk about, also helped to launch me into this direction. But it was a low time, let me tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> both mm-hmm. financially and also, you know, motivation, you know, everything, right? And it wasn't until later that year, we sort of still had the idea, but we had kind of let go of it for a while. We were thinking okay. about it processes where we ran into someone didn't know who this person was and we were actually continuing to do work uh in public places so the ymca we have the public Mm -hmm. ymca Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and you know our kids would be going and doing karate or going and Mm -hmm. swimming or whatever and the other child we would be sitting there doing this math work and by that point we were doing algebra with our kids and Mm -hmm. so people would always be coming up to us and saying wow you guys are really just diligent about this Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. we had one family come up and she said hey you know could you help our child? And I was thinking, I mean, I guess, sure, let's try it. Uh, I, I don't know what you need help with, but, you know, we used to have a company and it it failed. So, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't really know where to take it, but we said, yeah, I'll just kind of work with your child. It's fine. No, no issue. Mm-hmm. And so I think we planned a time for the next week. And then we sat down 
And I was able to teach her something in about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then she went back to her mom. She's like, mom, 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 this is great. Hey, look at what I can do. Right. And we showed her kind of what we were working on. And she's blown away. She said, wow, how did she learn this concept so quickly? Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know. We've been doing this with our kids for years. So what ended up happening is she ended up telling everyone that she knew. And at that point, I realized that if you're providing something that is truly valuable mm -hmm. and you have the right people that are that are actually telling people one on one or I guess on a on a, a what we call hand to hand combat. Right. Mm -hmm, we say mm -hmm. going from one person to the next. Right. Word of mouth. When these people truly believe and have experienced what you have given to them and they treat it as a gift, because I feel like everyone has that gift that they can give to somebody mm -hmm. that they will tell people. Yeah. And they'll tell them with conviction, without a question. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. this is sort of what helped to spawn and I guess rejuvenate this idea of, hey, we actually do have something here and we can run a business. Mm -hmm. And from that point, it's just really flourished. And it's been incredible. Thought about many different aspects. We started getting into private schools now. Right? Mm -hmm. I just had another meeting with a private school today. Right, mm -hmm. Took them some chocolates and a few things and said, hey, you know, welcome aboard the whole thing. So I think when people really do feel the value and they can see your passion for it and they can see mm -hmm. that you you're really interested to have things in place for what you're looking to do it's you know it, it's unstoppable for anyone who kind of is pushing through towards anything that they'd like to do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um you're you're currently located in Brantford Ontario and you said you're working with a few schools in Toronto and because this is a virtual platform you are expanding into schools in the U.S. yes Absolutely. Yes. And so right now we have we have a few schools in, in Toronto, okay. we have a few across Canada as well. Okay. And we have actually a couple in the in Europe as well. Okay. So the expansion is not really an issue because again, we're virtual. And mm -hmm. the other thing is that we're actually because one of the things that's important to me is creating jobs as well. So mm -hmm. we're also, we're also creating jobs in that respect too. We're Anyone can work from anywhere in the world in that respect. And the U.S. is the market. And I'm very excited to be connecting with so many people, you know, and, you know, there's so many individuals out there in this space. I've never met a space where people are so passionate and just mm -hmm. so such wonderful individuals when it comes to why they're in their practice. And I think mm -hmm. it's beautiful because, again, we're dealing with children. They are our future, as cliche as it sounds. Right. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel like it was something that I felt completely passionate about. And I know that sometimes in this space for parents as well, it becomes very difficult mm -hmm. just to be able to handle, you know, OK, I have my children. They have their education, but they also have hockey. They have basketball. But I also have to go to work. Sometimes I have to work two jobs. It's what it is, mm -hmm, right? And mm -hmm, to be able to mm -hmm. provide something, even if it's just some level of conversation, just to say, hey, have you tried sure. this tactic or tried this website or tried doing this like this? Just to see how parents just light up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That to me is is quality enough for me, right? So I, I think that there's there's a lot of value in this and being able to expand it and finally find a way to scale a one-on-one -on -one type of individualized learning Mm -hmm. that works. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. For children during the school day, I mean, this is this is one thing that we've really been pushing lately, and it, it seems to be picking up well, <laughs> I'd say to say the least, with with a lot of individuals mm -hmm. and schools and institutions. 
Well, talk to me a little bit more about the focus on the one-on-one learning and how this works uh, during the school day. Like you said, it is a focus of 50-minute sessions. Um, and how would maybe, um, you know, if a principal were, were willing to bring this on uh, for a group of students, um, you know, in, in terms of scheduling it and setting it up, is this through an app or a Zoom? How does that work? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, good question. So this is this is interesting, right? One one piece that I, I found is again, every every school is going to have students in their class mm-hmm. that are, you know, maybe above above average, in the middle of the pack, and then those who could use a little bit more support, mm-hmm. right? Now, generally, from most classes that I've seen, I haven't seen many one one teacher to one student classes, right? Mm -hmm. Usually you're looking at maybe at a minimum of seven students in the class to upwards of 30, right? Mm -hmm. I think generally between 15 to 25, 26 is usually what we're going to see in the schools. Mm -hmm. Because again, you can't, (laughs) it's very expensive to hire one teacher for every student that needs to learn something, right? Very, very, very difficult to do. So the downside of this, of course, there are many upsides, right? Mm-hmm, Collective mm-hmm. learning is fantastic. Sharing ideas is excellent, right? Learning in a group setting. I mean, we have to learn how to do this anyway, right? Let's say we're at our at our at our jobs, right? Wherever it might be, and we go to a meeting and or there's there's a talk with our teams and things like that. You know, we need to be able to understand how these group settings work. Now, here's the reality: we're dealing with children, right? And I would argue that adults need this as well, though children they need someone in their life that's going to give them that full attention 100 mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. now a lot of this has changed and let me tell you i was just speaking today about this with with mm-hmm. another uh, uh principal that i know and the the one-on-one model has now changed mm-hmm. to social media being yeah. that one-on-one individual yeah. that everyone not only children but think about it you pick up your phone and there's this curated device algorithm that's now yeah. telling you what you are interested in, mm-hmm. right? You might not even be interested in, in it anymore, but mm-hmm. it's telling you that, right? So you can imagine this with children, what kind of effect it has. So unfortunately, right, we have children we have parents who are doing many different things. We have teachers who have so many things on their plate. Teachers are the best. They're the greatest, greatest gifts on, on the planet. And I feel as though, and when... I say teachers, I'm not including myself into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about those who are teaching in the public schools, in the private schools, in the Catholic schools, in wherever it might be, any mm-hmm. institution. Thank you for being there because it's so important. We can't, as a teacher, it's very difficult to now handle the, you know, mental health. We have to track mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The diagnoses, whether it's, you know, students with autism, whether it's, you know, those who have different sort of learning and development delays. There is so much to track and keep on top of now these days, right? How How is it even possible? I still don't know how teachers do it to actually stay on curriculum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very difficult, <laughs> right? So many things to do. So yeah. I'm coming in and I'm saying, not only is it difficult to do, we're seeing that some students, unfortunately, are sort of being left behind and they may just continue on to the next grade, mm-hmm. right? In the next grade. And then it's, it's a slippery slope, right? So mm-hmm. I sort of thought, well, I need a way to get into the schools. And make sure that kids are learning at the optimal time in the day as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in order to make sure that this works. Now, during the school day actually isn't even really the the portion that 
is mind-blowing, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Learning during the school day. There's nothing crazy about this. It's it's fantastic. We should always be mm -hmm. doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit difficult to compete, like I was saying, with hockey and basketball, soccer, whatever it is. So why not throwing into the school day? Now, what I found is that from doing personalized instruction with children, you know, I don't know at this point, it's tens of dozens of children a week that I personally handle. And then I have my instructors with others. Mm -hmm. All they need is 15 minutes. Yeah. I have some students who I have 45 minute sessions with them and half an hour of that is hanging out. Mm -hmm. Now I'm mm -hmm. sure some parents don't want to hear this, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Half hour of that is hanging out. I have 30 minute uh, sessions with students. Mm -hmm. 15 minutes of that. Some of these kids are in grade one, grade two. They're mm -hmm. under the tables. They're standing on the tables. They're sitting on the desks. They're telling me funny jokes. They're telling me yeah. stories. But then somehow they still walk out knowing their times tables better mm -hmm. than they did when they walked in. Yeah. Why is this? Because we're connecting. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. giving you what you need as a child, as a student. Right. And I think that's sometimes the things that it's not even that we forget this as educators. It's more so that we just don't have the time. Yeah. Right. We have to get certain things done and there's 30 other children that need the same things done. So if I can come in on a 15 minute basis once a week, I mean, some some schools, it's every day and mm -hmm. whatever it might be. I say all you need is 15 minutes. That's what that's that's where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. Right. Per mm -hmm. week. And if I can just focus on that one piece that is just really tearing you apart that you can't figure out. Perfect, because that's all you need. And then I'll give you a couple of tools to just practice just that small little thing. And you would be surprised at how much that opens up. And I can tell you this from a, a performer basis, right? As, as a, as a drummer, mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, for, for those likely can't see those listening, mm -hmm. I have my fingers up every finger, your pinky, you know, your ring finger, whatever it might be. Every finger is very important to playing the drums when you're mm -hmm. holding a stick. I have to practice moving the stick with every finger individually. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, those small changes is what makes change on the macro. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm hoping to sort of deliver and what I've been delivering to schools as well. And I'm seeing a lot of success in that. And so that's kind of how that 15 minute sort of side of it has been born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you work a lot with uh, math and like, I would say lower elementary, such as counting uh, by twos, threes, um, you know, um, early literacy skills, or are there other concepts for kids in middle and high school that you work with? Oh, for sure. We, so we do work across the board, mm -hmm. kindergarten, all the way up to grade 12. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we, we work with some educators to help with how, like our teaching methods, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's with the students. Now, the approach, and I know some people, again, may think otherwise or think differently, but the approach is always the same. Mm -hmm. And we are really, the foundation for us is the three L's. Okay. Right? And so that's love it so that you can learn it, and then you can live it. Mm -hmm. It's those three pieces. And the first one is the most difficult and also the most important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Making sure that the child or student actually loves what they're doing. And one of the methods that, methods that we do this with is effectively just making sure that we tie the concept to something that's important in their lives. Mm -hmm. So if someone is interested in soccer, right, and we're looking at mathematical equations, right, things like that, and we want to maybe uh, talk about th the trajectory of how a ball might move, 
because mm-hmm. when you're kicking a soccer ball, there's a certain curve that can go on it, right? And not mm-hmm. to get too mathematical and all this, right? But you can calculate these things. Mm-hmm. So depending on the level of math, if you're you say you're you're a, you're an upper high school upper high school student mm-hmm. and you're doing some of these concepts and your favorite sport is soccer, well, this is perfect because you're always curving the ball when you kick it. Or you're mm-hmm, playing baseball, mm-hmm, same kind mm-hmm. of thing. So once you start to connect the dots as to how this can work within their actual lives, it mm-hmm. becomes much more interesting, right? And then you can start, I don't know if you've tried to learn something without enjoying it, <laughs> but I know I have, and mm-hmm. it is awful, terrible experience, right? Mm-hmm. So this, these are sort of some of the things that we definitely strive to do, and it's the foundation of our company. Uh, and of our learning process, right? And I think, you know, when it comes to the the primary grades as well, when you speak on literacy, uh, we have we have a ton of programs, right? But when it comes to literacy, I think, again, it's important to just, it's the same concept. You break it down to the very small pieces, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. we have so many tactics that we do to do this. And it, it's, it's incredible. And to be honest, the smaller, I call it the molecular level, mm-hmm. the smaller the chunk, the easier to digest. You can mm-hmm. think about it as food, as an example as well. When you give a baby food, you don't want to give them large chunks of potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Break it down into small pieces so that your body can digest it easier, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same concept that we use across the board when it comes to our uh, our, our our practices. Okay, okay. So uh, for people who might want to be interested in trying this out uh, at home as a parent or in their school, uh, you start said you start off with doing free assessments. Um, and then you would talk to the people about learning strategies. So um, you said a lot of people are distracted by um, TikTok. And does, is this kind of a platform that kind of um, works with some of those distractions um, that they're often wanting to go off and do uh, to get them more interested in the subject at hand? So what I've found is we one of the things that I want to make sure that we always do is mm-hmm. whenever we're trying to introduce something yeah. that we meet the child where they're at or we meet the student where they're at or we meet the person where they're at. Right. This mm-hmm. doesn't just apply for those who are within school setting. Right. Right now. Every student, anyone who's kindergarten to grade 12, pretty much, which <laughs> it's really interesting to think that kindergartners are proficient on devices. Right. But it's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, that's where they are. They're on the devices. Right. So let's go to the devices then if that's where you're going to be. I want that whenever a child uses Zoom, they think about John Abe's Learning Club. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Whenever a child is on there thinking about something mathematical, they think about John Abe's because the reason is, is because if they're not thinking about something that's educational, they're going to be thinking about something that's not educational. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the goal is let's at least add our side into it as well as mm-hmm. educators. Right. So. I would say that this isn't necessarily a platform, so to say, mm-hmm. but it's more of a connection that's okay. being built. And really, we're looking to compete with the connection that's being built with social media, which is very difficult. And I think a lot of educators are having the same issues where, you know, a child will be sitting in the classroom. I mean, their head is thinking about whatever they were watching or scrolling through just, you know, at recess or mm-hmm. whenever it might be right at home the, the night before. So if digital is where things are at, then let's approach the digital side as well with some education behind it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you do um, a lot of these um, assessments uh, based on math or whatever the need may be. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, if people were to contact you, how uh, would they get started? And then uh, talk to me about some of the other resources you have, podcast workshops, YouTube shorts, things like that. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I love I love YouTube shorts. So fun. Our, our YouTube shorts are a lot of fun. We actually just went into yesterday. We went into Toronto mm -hmm. and we went to Ripley's Aquarium. I'm not okay. sure if you're familiar with Ripley's, but Ripley's Aquarium. Uh, tons of fish everywhere. They had sharks and, you know, mm -hmm. all these uh, everything. Right. Um, so what we do uh, on some of these YouTube shorts is we'll go around any city. We'll just pick a city. We'll go there if, if it's uh, kind of near us. And we will challenge random strangers to <laughs> times table duels. Okay. Right. So our kids, again, they're nine years old and six years old, right? We'll just surprise people on the street. They'll mm -hmm. come up to them all innocent, saying, Hey, can you help us with our times tables, please? And you know, who's <laughs> gonna say no? Right. You got these two cute kids skipping towards you, just saying, Oh, please, can you help us? And then <laughs> suddenly it's like flash times tables. What is this? What is this? And then our kids will say their answers, <laughs> and then the adults will try to say their answers anyway, right? Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, right? So we get some people who are who all everyone is so willing and, and happy and open so on youtube we have uh, a bunch of those youtube shorts and that's at john aves tv mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so j-o-n-a-y-v-e-s tv we also have a bunch of times tables videos i think you were mentioning kind of talking about counting by twos counting by fours and things like mm -hmm. that so we have a ton of count by videos and that's at aj's house kids so mm -hmm. aj's H-O-U-S-E-K-I-D-S. So those are kind of our two main platforms that we utilize for uh, some of the digital kind of learning. And you can find us on uh, TikTok and Instagram with those tags as well and those, those uh, usernames. But for our actual program itself, if you go to johnaves.com, J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S.com, you can definitely check us out when it comes to that anywhere right mm -hmm. and it's it's amazing all of our sort of online content is there talks about our school talk about our uh our how we get into the the different privates and public schools and everything like that and i think what really makes this interesting for us is that we can actually bring this to the world and mm -hmm. we've already started to do this we can actually help children across the world right if you have an internet connection then we can help right mm -hmm. instead of having to think about okay well do we have the right teachers in place do we have enough teachers in place all of these things it's like well listen teachers are fantastic but i don't think you could ever have enough teachers <laughs> right mm -hmm. the more mm -hmm. the merrier is how i think about it anyway so if we can deliver that side of it then you know why not right i think mm -hmm. it's, it's incredible in that respect Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, and of course, we have books. There we go. Some non-digital things for those uh -huh, who are uh -huh. interested uh, on Amazon. You can type in John Aves, J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S, and you can see we've got uh, quite a few children's books on there as well. Okay, great, great. Well, out of everything we've talked about um, today on the podcast about your uh, transitions in your career, your trend story, and then uh, finding John Aves uh, Learning Club and uh, how you all work with uh, students What's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? One thing to remember. So don't be afraid of taking small steps. Mm -hmm. This is something that I see across the board, regardless of age, regardless of the person, that sometimes we feel as though we have to take big leaps in order mm -hmm. to make change, in order to learn in order mm -hmm. to prove to the world that we're worth something, none of that matters. Take the small steps mm -hmm. so that firstly, it's such it's much more enjoyable. Again, mm -hmm. the food reference, 
is it more enjoyable to take small bites or to have to stuff your mouth every day? Like, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable when you have a full, full, full mouth of food, right? You can't even chew. <laughs> so at least chew your food, right? So I think it's, it's important to take very, very, very small steps. Just chip away, chip yeah. away, track that progress. Mm -hmm. And you can do this with your children too. Give them small pieces. If they're, if they're struggling with times tables, right? Start with zero times one. Mm -hmm. what's the difference between zero times one and one times one? Oh, well one is zero one is one fantastic just have fun doing that draw some numbers done go back to them next week they'll remember it because it was easy mm -hmm. life is supposed to be simple when we allow it to be that way yeah. right for those who are fortunate enough right again there are always going to be existential circumstances though try to make it as simple as possible and it's always going to be in those small bite-sized chipping away type of processes that will do it every single time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important to remember. It's it's uh, breaking it down, right? It's uh, not having kids expect they need to learn it all in, you know, that lesson or in the next month. So yeah, I think that's really important to remember. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes. And, um, you know, I wish you success in the upcoming school year um, with uh, really uh, broadening the program and, um, you know, having more people um, really uh, recognize what you're all doing to help kids learn. For sure. Thank you so much, Dana. I really appreciate this. And Yes, hopefully we get to connect again. Check out Thank the show you. notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at Out of Trenches PC. Mm -hmm.